On today's show, we are going to talk about financial debates, picking sides from topics from houses, life insurance, annuities, tax brackets, social security. Find out what side I take on this episode of Perfect Game Retirement. Welcome to the Perfect Game Retirement Podcast with former professional baseball player and now financial coach at Black Oak Asset Management, Ryan Ledman. This show will help you make the right financial decisions so you can pitch a perfect game in retirement. Here's the windup and the delivery. We're glad to have you back on Perfect Game Retirement alongside Ryan Ledden, president and financial coach over Black Oak Asset Management. I'm Ben George, and we're going to pick sides today. Ryan, I know this is not, not like drafting a team um, <laughs> per se, but I'm going to throw out some some key kind of financial, I guess, um, discussions or debates and mm-hmm. find out which side you're on. So kind of a little, little bit of a test here today, maybe. A little bit of uh, foreshadowing for the midterm elections coming up <laughs> oh, this man. year, right? So Let's don't go down that road. <laughs> Open that door. Yeah, it's oh, terrible. Man. That was a bad intro. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, it's all good. So that'll be the plan today. I've got a mailbag question I want to jump into to start, though, because um, it's kind of relevant to, to what's going on today. And I think uh, probably something that's on a lot of people's mind, but it came in from Marty. He says, I keep talking myself in a circle. I've been out of the market for several years, and I missed out on a lot of growth. I don't want to jump back in now in case we have a crash soon, but also don't want to stay on the sidelines and miss out on more growth. So what's the right answer? That is a very topical uh, question, Marty. It's uh, something that we deal with quite often. So I get it. It's markets cuckoo, headlines uh, are even worse, and you don't know what direction to go in. You hear all these, you know, quote unquote experts of these giant institutional bank saying, you know, this is just the beginning. This is just the beginning. But, you know, opinions and uh, forecasts are like rear ends. Everybody's got one. Um, <laughs> that's a clean way to put it. So don't, I, Marty, I cannot stress enough that, yes, sitting on the sidelines, you are guaranteeing yourself losing money. Uh, and that word guarantee is a, uh, is a no-no in our industry. However, if it's sitting in cash and not doing anything, inflation is chewing it up. And I mm-hmm. think, Marty, you're probably a smart enough guy to know that. And it's running at such a high rate. But I get it. I get maybe your argument to rebuttal that is, well, yeah, but I'm going to lose X number of percent. Well, right now that is true, Marty. Yes. Uh, but the only potential way, I shouldn't say only, but the best way to really keep up with inflation is to be in the market up to the risk that you can stand. So one, maybe one scenario, and I've talked to this with a lot of our retirees, and this isn't for everyone. However, if we're doing rollovers and we have a large sum that comes from a 401k plan into an IRA, so it's technically cash because it's in a check that gets sent. And once that money is deposited into the account, we made dollar cost average back into the market. So just like you did, Marty, your whole life contributing to a 401k or whatever retirement account you had access to, you were dollar cost averaging into the market. So every paycheck, boom, deposit, 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 deposit. So you probably didn't really look too much at what the market was doing. Well, the same thing can be true here where we can dollar cost average back in. <clears throat> that may be one way to ease into it instead of just, you know, going to the doing a cannonball in the deep end and just putting all that money back in at once. And then you're going to kick yourself if it was the quote unquote wrong time to do so. So, Marty, obviously time horizon has something to do with it as well. But if you feel like you have a pretty long runway, which I know we're not guaranteed tomorrow, but if you have a pretty long runway, that you need to use this money for, you have to put it to work. Again, only do, I'm not saying chase a return at all, 
but you need to pinpoint what your tolerance is. And I would go up to that point and stay in the market because long term, this stuff's going to go away. I promise. Uh, it is. It's done this before. It's just different headlines, different circumstances, but long run, uh, staying invested is the way to go. Great question, Marty. I know something that's on a lot of people's mind right now. So again, if you have questions for Ryan, best way to get in touch is to visit blackoakam.com. Marty and, and anyone listening can schedule your Retirement Coach 360 session online now. And if you want to call as well, you can do that at 470-508-0508. All right, let's jump into our main conversation today. We're going to make Ryan pick sides on some important financial debates. We're going to throw out several different topics uh, that people have probably discussed or thought about and find out which side uh, you follow on, Ryan, and maybe what some people should be thinking about when it comes to each one of these. So I'm going to start off with uh, the house. We're in an interesting position right now with with mortgage rates on the rise. Um, they've been they're still historically low uh, when you look at it. But the debate that I want you to to weigh in on first is you should always pay off your house as soon as you can. I love a paid for house. I obviously am a Dave Ramsey advisor, so I agree with his pillars, of, if you will, of his steps that he goes through. I don't necessarily, it's not a bad thing to pay your house off as, as soon as possible. That's a great thing. But I like where Dave Ramsey talks about, he puts it in his baby steps. I mean, he wants you to have that fully funded emergency fund. He wants you to be saving for a retirement. And once you get to that 15 to 20% of saving for retirement, then the next step is kids college if that's in this scenario. And if it's not, then pay your house off early. So I really do believe in that. It's not wrong if you change that order up. Uh, we I do have one client who has very little in retirement, but an absolutely paid for house. And so he can go like gangbusters at saving right now. So, you know, uh, we're some, somewhat splitting hairs right here, but I would not put it ahead of those other things. You got to have an emergency fund. You got to be saving for retirement and get kids kids college if that's uh, in, in your picture. That needs to come next and then go for paying off a house. Now, I say this with a caveat, as you get closer to retirement, you may want to put that ahead of doing extra savings for retirement because that is a big overhead expense, usually people's largest overhead expense that they have every single month. And if you can pay that off before retirement or right around retirement, I am all for it. Uh, so I would definitely make that a priority. I just wouldn't put it ahead of everything else especially if you have uh, a ways to go before retirement. But again, that's a discussion you could have with, with an advisor to, to really break that down to see if it makes sense. I would not put it ahead of everything else, but yes, making it a priority is still 100%. I don't care interest rates still being very, very low. You know, A lot of people say, well, I can invest and get a higher rate. Well, it's true. But again, when you get to retirement, which we've said 10,000 times on this show, it's about income and retirement, what your income needs are. And if you don't have a $2,000 a month house payment, well, there's two, two grand a month that you don't need to pull from your investment. So I would say don't pay your house off early ahead of all these other things, but definitely make it a priority. I like it. Good answer. And a good start to our conversation here. All right, let's talk life insurance uh, for a minute. Uh, there's a lot of uh, thoughts on life insurance, a lot of opinions on whether or not you need life insurance. So what about this one? Nobody needs life insurance once they've retired. Yeah, I know we had a recent show on on life insurance. And do you need it during retirement? Well, that's not a blanket answer for that. I just 
I've seen too many times where people would still like to have some in retirement just to cover expenses, to cover taxes on any type of money that they may leave behind, real estate. I mean, it is one of the quickest infusions of capital is a life insurance death benefit and it's tax free. Uh, does it uh, count toward your estate? Yes, but it is tax free um, to your beneficiaries. So that's that's a nice thing to pay for. And I, I know some people may say, "Oh, I'm you know fully insured. I have no debt." Blah blah blah. Okay, I get it. That's great. Now I wouldn't go out and seek a life insurance policy and pay huge giant premiums if you don't need to. But I I really shy away from a lot of people going. Well, I don't need this thing anymore. I probably can just I can probably just go ahead and, and cancel this. Might well, well no. If it's not breaking your budget and you and you have it, keep it. There's there's no reason really not to because that could be a large death benefit that your beneficiaries get. And I've had to deliver uh, death benefit checks, and it's not a fun thing to do. But at the same time, it gives them a little bit of a peace of mind that, okay, maybe I don't have to go back to work as quickly, or maybe I can pay these debts off or pay for a funeral. I mean, there's a whole lot of things you can use it for. So definitely to say nobody needs life insurance once they retire, that's 100% false. I think that's obviously a case by case, but again, a a tax-free benefit for a loved one who is left behind, whether that's a spouse or kids, that's that's a pretty good gift to give. Yeah, it definitely is. So something else to be thinking about um, as we move into our next one that's kind of related in terms of it's polarizing, annuities. Uh, People have plenty to say about annuities, whether they uh, like them or don't at all. Annuities are a ripoff. Where where do you stand on that? Yeah, if you Google search that, you'll definitely get a lot of hits uh, (laughs) on uh, annuities are a ripoff. Uh, Can they be? Absolutely, they can be. But there's no right or wrong product strategy, if you will, out there. It's just what is a fit. Do I think annuities are oversold? Yeah, I do. Uh, Can they be a fit for some people? Yes, I do believe they can be a fit, but you really need to know the ins and outs of the contract and what it is trying to accomplish. I've seen too many times people have them. They have no idea what they do, what the cost of them are, what the rider benefits are. Like, they may have an annuity and they don't really need income off of it. They just want it to use as a safe growth vehicle. And so sometimes I'll say, well, why is there an income rider on here? Well, I don't know. What is that? Well, you're, you're paying over 1% for an income rider. Why, why do you have that? And you know, I've seen it time and time again, people don't need it. So I do think they're oversold. I think they're over promised. Can they be a fit? Yes. The expectations need to be set. Uh, don't, don't try to sell these things just because they do. Yes, they earn a commission for, it doesn't make a commission a bad thing. All right, we all need to make a living, but it's gotta be the right fit for your particular situation. So not all annuities are ripoffs. Uh, they've create, they create income for a lot of people. They help out with long-term care. Um, when you have certain types of annuities that the, the income will increase to help offset some of those costs. Uh, so they do have a lot of benefits. I've seen where, you know, a lot of people say variable annuities are bad because it's basically you got investments inside of an annuity policy. Well, yeah, but I've also seen where they may have a death benefit uh, attached to it and someone who can't get a life insurance policy because they're uninsurable. Okay, this that may be a fit. 
uh, for you from, from that standpoint. So there's a lot of things that could work for people. I do think they are oversold. And if you're trying to accomplish something, a lot of times you can do it outside of an annuity, but there are very specific uh, situations and wants in people's lives where they say, look, I don't want this or I want this. And that may, if you go through each uh, possibility or scenario, that may lead you to that. But it's 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 oversold. They're not all ripoffs, but buyer beware. Yeah, definitely not ripoffs. And they have a purpose. But again, it's like everything else. You got to make sure it fits into what you need to do and what your yep. plan looks like. Okay. Well, one thing too, real quick with, with just the name annuity, I mean, social security, that's an annuity, your pension, right. that's an annuity. And yeah. so it just gets, it gets drugged through the mud. People love their pension. They're so proud of it. They love getting their social security check. I'm like, that's essentially an annuity. Yeah. When you say guaranteed income stream, it, it has a different yeah. tone, right? That's right. That's right. <clears throat> so something to think about. All right. Uh, a couple more here, picking sides, these important financial debates. And taxes is one that, uh, you know, I know you work on quite a bit and talk to clients about and the debate on whether or not, you know, it's best to pay taxes now or wait. So this one, uh, Ryan, you'll be in a lower tax bracket in retirement. So it's best to defer taxes now and then pay them later. How long do we have? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So we talk about this quite a bit and I'll talk high level. Yes, that used to be the case. Could it still be the case for some? Sure. You could be in a higher tax bracket while you're working, then retire and be in a lower tax bracket. So it makes sense to put away pre-tax dollars while you're working, save on the tax, save on the taxes, get the get the um, deduction, if you will. And then once you get to retirement, then pull it out and it's at a lower tax bracket. Sure. Sounds great. Again, that used to be the case, especially when 401ks were created in the early 80s. Tax rates were much, much higher then than they are now. So what you have to look at, what is my situation now? What does my income look like? What bracket am I in? What effective tax rate do I pay? Again, effective just means essentially how much taxes are you paying versus how much income you have. So just because you're in the 22 doesn't mean your effective tax rate is the tax bracket is 22. Uh, it's it's not. You're going to be way below that because you got to go through the 10 percent bracket, the 12% bracket, then the 22. So not every dollar is taxed at 22%. So as people, you really need to know how you're structured from an investment standpoint, what your retirement income needs to look like in retirement, what's your social security, what is your pensions if you have any, what kind of income can you create off your investments or your nest egg? Because how you're structured in retirement trickles down to your social security benefit potentially being taxed again your Medicare premiums being higher uh, as you pay for them because that's kind of means tested. The more taxable income you have, the more the higher your premiums are. Same thing with Social Security. Taxable income is the key, not income, taxable income. So if you do have a lot of Roth money, brokerage account money, that's going to be taxed for Roth money. If you are over 59 and a half and you've had it in there over five years, it's all tax free. Uh, your brokerage accounts, you your cost basis or your principal amount, you don't pay tax on that again. You just pay capital gains on the growth, whether it's short-term or long-term capital gains. So it just runs through this giant grid of taxable income. And if most of your income is not taxable, then your Medicare premiums are lower. You keep more of your social security. It's just a trickle-down effect. So 
Uh, I 100% disagree that everyone's going to be in a lower tax bracket. So you need to do planning and you need to know what that looks like. Now, if tax rates go up, then that's just going to deepen my case that you're probably not going to be in a lower tax bracket in retirement. Most people are in the same tax bracket. Uh, I've seen some that move up in tax brackets. So it does happen. There are cases where they do move down, but a lot of times when you move down in tax bracket, the tax savings are not very significant. I'd rather pay the tax on it today, let it grow tax-free, so I'm not at the mercy later of what politicians will do to change the tax code. If I got most of my money in Roth money, whether it's Roth 401k or Roth IRA, I don't care what the tax rates are because it's tax-free. So it doesn't matter. So you're not at the mercy of a pen of a politician. So again, I could go on and on and on, but to say you're going to be in a lower tax bracket is just not necessarily true. Taxes are such a complex issue. I mean, it's there's no clear-cut answer to anything with taxes, but you need to definitely make it part of what you're discussing with your advisor to make sure you're doing the best that you can to minimize what you owe. And there's, you know, if we all had a crystal ball on what it would look like and 20 years later in retirement, then it'd be much easier. But who knows what's going to happen with uh, with these decision makers. But a lot right. to think about with taxes. All right, I got one more for you. Um, we'll stick with the government here for you. Social Security. You should start your Social Security as early as possible to ensure that you get your money out of the system. <laughs> That's probably a number one argument that I hear the most. And um, usually 10 years later, I hear the voice of regret that they claimed it too early. So I am definitely not saying claiming it at 62 is a bad decision. It depends on what your income needs are at that time. If you want to retire and you need that extra you know, fifteen, eighteen hundred, nineteen hundred dollars, whatever the number is at sixty-two. Okay, we'll go ahead and claim it. Just you're locking yourself in forever uh, at that at that amount. Now you do get the cost of living adjustments if they do credit you those. Obviously, this past year it was a good one. Will we have another good one next year? Probably. So it will continue um, to to stay somewhat with inflation. So those those dollar amounts will go up, but who's to say those Medicare premiums aren't going to go up? Maybe Medicare is just going to eat into that cost of living adjustment. So again, you're at the mercy of government. Uh, it's Social Security is a very hot button topic, and we have talked about Social Security on here many times before, but do not make a decision based off of you thinking that Social Security is going to go away. Uh, could it be at a reduced benefit? Sure, it could. Now, if you're already collecting Social Security, it's going to be it's going to be grandfathered in. That anytime they've done any big sweeping changes with things of the magnitude of Social Security, which the magnitude I don't know if they've ever had that they changed Social Security structure, but if they were, it would be grandfathered in. It would be someone that it, it would be modifications that they would make to younger generations, people born after certain years extend the retirement age. I mean, there's so many things they could do, which they did in the early 80s. They changed the age of full retirement and it's sustained it for 50 more years. Well, now it's kind of back on the surface again. Could they do it again? Sure. I think they will. I think they will do something. But to say it's going to go away or to claim yours just because you get the money out of the system. I mean, there's a break-even analysis on this stuff, claiming it at 62 or 67 or age 70, there's a longevity calculation. And obviously we said on here many times before, we're not guaranteed tomorrow, but if you're pretty healthy and you think you're gonna live past 78, 79, 80 years of age-ish, that's about the break-even point. So beyond that, if you, if you live beyond that age, let's say 80, then you've benefited from waiting 
to claim your Social Security benefit. If you pass away before then, then you kind of, quote unquote, beat the system. I don't know if you're beating the system by passing away, but beating the system of getting a higher benefit if you did claim it early. So there's a lot of analysis you can do, especially if you're married. There's so many different ways to do spousal benefits. So a lot of claiming strategies, but certainly do not do it but just to get your money, quote unquote, out of the system because it's not going to go away. Do you ever take into account the possibility of, of Social Security going away uh, or at least drastically reducing when you're building a plan? Just in terms of like, do you try to increase the amount of money saved elsewhere or is that not really factored in at all? No, that's a good point. That's a good question. There's there's some that don't even want to factor it in. And, okay. and I've tried to encourage them, let's at least put it on there. If you want to chop it in half based off of your Social Security statement, it's 3200 a month and you just don't, you're just in your heart of hearts, believe you're not going to get that. Okay, let's do 1600. But to, to say it's going to go away, I don't, I think that's a little bit irresponsible because I mean, $1,600 a month, multiply that by two, that's significant income uh, when you have a married couple. So I don't like to just completely disregard it. If people just absolutely don't want it on their income plan, I do. It is a column. It is a column. It may be zero, but it is hmm. a column there. So we at least, at least account for it and say, hey, it's there. And as each year goes by, as you get closer to retirement and you still get those Social Security statements and it still says 3200 and you get to that point, you're like, oh, okay, let's go ahead and include that in there. Then I'm fine with that. But uh, I do think it's going to be means tested one day, which means taxable income. I guarantee you it's going to go back to that. Uh, it's going to be a taxable income thing. But if you're sitting there with Roth money and you're uh, uh, in the eyes of the IRS, your income is low. Again, excuse me, your taxable income is low. Mm -hmm. They won't they won't means test it because you're below a certain level. But that's if you have been saving with after-tax dollars the whole way instead of pre-tax. Yeah, just another another check in the uh, the debate on whether or not to be doing tax tax after tax or pre tax money right That's now. Right. Just another That's thing right. to think about. But there's a lot to consider. I mean, none, none of these are cut and dry. As you can see, there's there's different uh, sides to the argument. But let's give you a little perspective from where Ryan sits and what he talks about with his clients. But if you wanted to discuss any of these further, have any of your own questions about some financial debates that you'd like to get Ryan's thoughts on, you can always log on. Blackoakam.com is the website. You can schedule your retirement coach 360 session online there as well, but you can call 470-508-0508. That's the number to reach Black Oak Asset Management there. Um, all right. I got a little getting to know you question, Ryan, before we get out of here. I asked you recently about, would you rather have all green lights or never wait in a line? So I got another uh, kind of <laughs> similar question, driving question. Do you prefer to be the driver or the passenger? Uh, driver. Yeah. Yeah. Driver. Um, I do know my limitations though sometimes because I can, like if I get in a car and I'm the least bit tired, I can fall asleep at the drop of a hat. Now I have never quote knock on wood, uh, fell asleep at the wheel before. Yeah. But if I'm dragging, then I just say, all right, Stephanie, you've got to drive, but mostly I'm slightly <laughs> control freak. Uh, so I would rather drive. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you on that in that boat as well. I, I prefer to whatever possible. I just enjoy it. I just enjoy driving too. Um, yeah, love a good road trip. So, all right, we'll my, close. My wife, my wife, say something may may say that I'm not slightly a control freak. She may <laughs> disagree with that all the way. 
<laughs> completely. Uh, very good. Well, look, let's uh, let's finish out the conversation on that note. And again, I encourage everyone check out the website blackoakam.com. We'll put this website, uh, this podcast there. All the podcasts are archived there. Plenty of other information and resources available to you, like a retirement rescue toolkit and a retirement calculator online on the website there. But again, if you ever want to talk with Ryan about your planning needs, you can do so at 470-508-0508. All right. Out of here on that note, Ryan, I encourage everyone to subscribe to the show as well. And we'll talk soon. Absolutely. The Perfect Game Retirement Podcast is brought to you by Black Oak Asset Management, serving the greater Atlanta area with offices in Alpharetta and Macon. The show is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to the show on your favorite app today and never miss an episode. Just search for Perfect Game Retirement to find us. You can also visit blackoakam.com to listen to past episodes, to contact Ryan Ledden, and to learn more about how to pitch a perfect game in retirement. Information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Please consult with a qualified professional before taking any action. Securities and registered investment advisory services offered through Silver Oak Securities, Inc., member FINRA SIPC, Black Oak Asset Management, and Silver Oak Securities, Inc. are not affiliated.